The following message was recorded at Shades Valley Community Church in Homewood, Alabama. For more information and resources from Shades Valley, please visit us at shadesvalley.org. I invite you to open your Bibles to Hosea chapter 6. Shades Valley, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. This This is my favorite day of the year. This is the greatest celebration that we have as Christians. Which may have you wondering why I invited you to open your Bible to the book of Hosea. Hosea is hardly a book of celebration. Uh, We've been journeying throughout this book during the season of Lent. And we've seen that Hosea doesn't exactly offer us a whole lot to celebrate. He seems to emphasize exactly the opposite. The primary theme of this book is one of judgment. Like Hosea aims to tell us how, how it is that Israel deserves judgment. And what we've been told is that the people of God have rebelled against him by going after other gods. Primarily, they went after a false god named Baal. Baal was a god of fertility. If you worshipped him in exchange, he would give you crops. And in an agricultural society, like Israel was in the first century, crops are the way to wealth, health, happiness. Like, that's the way to the the good life full of joy. So the people forsook God to seek joy in the glory of wealth, the glory of crops, the glory of Baal. And how often do I do the same? Often do we do the, the same? Every single human being on the face of this planet seeks joy in glory, whether in the glory of wealth, the glory of sex, the glory of power, the glory of politics, the glory of a career, whatever it is, we are all joy-thirsty creatures. And the drink that we try to drink down to give us joy is glory. And so often we run to find joy in the glory of anything and anyone but God. We run to the gods of our surrounding culture. Because if we're honest, when we look at other people that worship those gods, they seem to be getting more joy than God gives to us. This this is what was happening with Israel in Hosea's day. God wasn't delivering to the people what they wanted, what they thought they needed for a joy-filled life. And Baal, the god of the surrounding cultures, seemed like a lot better option. So the people rebelled against God. And Hosea writes to tell us this is how it is that the people deserve judgment because they've rebelled. But Hosea doesn't write to just give us the how. How it is they deserve judgment. No, he also includes the what. He tells us over and over again what God's judgment on the people's rebellion will look like. And it's not a pretty pretty picture no matter how he paints it. Like he's told us judgment's coming and it will look like a lion that tears apart its prey. In other words, judgment will look like death. Or another way he said, he said judgment is coming. It'll be like disease-infected wounds that lead to death. Or judgment's coming and it will be like a drought that kills the very crops you've been worshiping Baal for so that you'll starve and it will lead to death. Basically, over and over again, Hosea has told us judgment looks like death. And Hosea has said this judgment is certain. Hosea 5 and verse 7, he says, It is as certain as the coming of the new moon each month. The new moon's when you can't see the moon. 
Like it's when there's no moonlight, the night is at its darkest each month. So see what Hosea is saying. He basically says, death, disease, and drought are coming as sure as the darkness of the new moon. Judgment sure as darkness. This is what, this is what judgment will look like. The book of Hosea seems to be all about the how and the what of judgment. Which leads me to ask, could there possibly be a how and a what of salvation? Like how? How can a rebellious people like Israel, a rebellious people like us, how can we receive salvation instead of judgment? And what? I want to ask Hosea, what would a salvation like that even look like? Like, Hosea, do you have an answer for us? He does. He does. Right in the middle of this book. Chapter 6 is where we are, right? Right in the middle of this book. Like, right, right at the heart of judgment's darkness. Hosea is going to shine a light of salvation as if to say there is hope even in the midst of the how and what of judgment. Like even here there is a how and a what of salvation. Shades, this is what we need to see at the close of our study of Hosea. This is what we must see this Easter morning. The how and the what of salvation. And we see it in Hosea chapter 6. So let's begin reading in verse 1. Come, the prophet says, come let us return or repent. Repentance is a turning. It's a turning from sin and self to God. Come, let us return to the Lord. For he has torn us that he may heal us. He has struck us down and he will bind us Right before these words that we just read, right at the end of chapter 5, Hosea has just given us probably his most ferocious image of God's judgment towards his rebellious people. Right at the end of chapter 5, that's where he said God's judgment is coming like a lion that will tear the people apart and carry them off. Death is coming on the people's sin and rebellion. And before we think that that makes God some kind of monster, like we've seen, if you've been with us, we've seen, Hosea has shown us death is the right judgment for sin. To quote our own Andy Montgomery from the reflection he shared at our Good Friday service, he said, every act of sin, no matter how much our deceiving hearts wish to minimize it, is a full frontal assault against the majesty and sovereignty of God. And Shades, it is right. It is right. It is just for God to put an end to sin against him. We call that end death. Not only is death the right judgment against sin, but Hosea has also shown us it's a good judgment. A good judgment ultimately rooted in God's love. How's that work? A few weeks ago when we explored that concept, I, I shared an illustration with you. I told you that because I love my children, like as a father, because I love my children, I try as hard as I can to remove harmful things from their life. I try to remove harmful people or harmful situation or harmful things like Barney the Purple Dinosaur. Like anything that I would consider harmful, I try to remove it because I love my kids. God and his love for his people and his creation is infinitely greater than mine for my children. 
So in his lion-like love for his cubs, he has promised to remove all who harm them through sin. That's good. That's love. That's our hope. God, make all things new. Remove all things. That's our hope. And we call that removal death. Death is the right and good and loving judgment that comes upon sin. And Hosea looks at Israel and says, this is what's coming for you. Judgment as sure as the darkness of the new moon. But, Hosea 6 in verse 1, we just read, says that something more than just judgment is coming from the Lord. Look at it again. Come, let us return, let us repent, let us return to the Lord, for yes, he has torn us. Just judgment has come from the Lord like a lion that has torn us yet. But Hosea says, repent, return, that he may heal us. Yes, he has struck us down. Just judgment has come from God like disease-infected wounds that have struck us down. But repent, return, and he will bind us up. That, that's gospel good news from Hosea. And, and my question is how? How, how can God do this? Like we, how can the same God justly judge and sovereignly save? How can the same God who tears also heal? The same God who strikes down also bind up? We just said judgment is what we rightly deserve from God. If that's what we rightly deserve and all we rightly deserve, how can God give us anything else? Hosea is glad we asked because that is the exact question he answers in verse 2. How will God heal what he's torn, bind up what he's struck down? How will the same God who brought judgment also bring salvation? Look at Hosea 6 and verse 2. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live before him. How will God heal what he's torn and bind up what he has struck down? Through a miracle of resurrection. He says, I'm going to revive what was torn. I'm going to raise up what was struck down. Those who have deserved the judgment of death will be raised to true life lived before him. Joy in the presence of his glory. That's the last phrase of verse 2. He's doing this that we may live, give us new life. It's a resurrection that we may live before him. Live life, a full life, a life of joy that comes from the glory of only one, God. Not sought in the glory of bales around us or false gods or anything else that we think our culture can provide. Joy in the glory of God and God alone. Hosea says this is how God is going to bring salvation to those who deserve nothing but judgment. Through a miracle of resurrection. A a miracle of reversal. That's what resurrection is. Resurrection reverses death to life. And that's precisely what this passage describes. It describes a resurrection that starts a chain reaction. 
A resurrection that brings about a reversal of all the judgment that we have seen thus far. Death, disease, drought, and darkness. Right here in verse 2, death gives way to resurrection. Disease gives way to reviving healing. In verse 3, we're going to see that drought gives way to restorative rains and darkness will give way to the rising sun. Judgment that was sure as darkness gives way to salvation, sure as the dawn. How? Through a resurrection that brings about all of these reversals. What resurrection? That's the question, isn't it? Hosea, what resurrection are you talking about? Well, in context... So immediately, what Hosea's talking about to the people he's talking to, in context, he's prophesying that God will resurrect or rescue his people from exile. Exile is the death, the disease, the the drought-like judgment that's coming, sure as darkness. Hosea's been saying that all throughout the book. Judgment is coming to you, and it's coming in the form of exile. The people will be defeated by Assyria, their enemy, and carried away to a foreign land. Like, like a lion that tears its prey and carries it off. That's what's going to happen to the people. And it will be like the nation dies. That's what exile is. It's the death of a nation. A people stolen away from their land and taken away to eventually over time dissolve into another nation. Exile is the death of the nation. But, Hosea says, there will be a resurrection. Exile won't last forever. In fact, Hosea says, from God's perspective, in the grand scheme of things, exile is going to be fairly short. Like for God, it's going to seem like only a couple of days pass. And on the third day, God will bring his people back. And it will be like a resurrection has happened. A resurrection that reverses the judgment of exile. But I have to ask, is this the only resurrection that Hosea's words are pointing to. Like often, the words of the prophets point to something very immediate, very close to them in their time period, in their context, but often, they also point even further forward to a greater, grander, coming reality. Could it be that Hosea's words actually point towards something bigger? Could, could it even be that that even the nation of Israel's death and resurrection, they're going into exile and returning, that whole story, could that story be pointing to a bigger story? Shades, it has to be. It has to be. Because even when Israel goes through this, when they go into exile, when they return, when they come back, they won't, their return, it won't fully fulfill the promises that we see right here. It's got to be pointing to something bigger than just that. The promises that we see right here seem to be pointing towards a resurrection that will fully and finally cause the darkness of judgment to give way to the dawning day of salvation. You and I, we both know that this points to a greater, grander resurrection. We know it because of this phrase, on the third day. That's not random. On the third day, Hosea says the resurrection that brings about a reversal will happen on the third day. He says that twice, just to make sure we know that it is sovereignly certain in the plan of God. He says, after two days. That's a way of saying, on the third day. 
And then just, just in case we don't get that, he says it explicitly. On the third day. What happens? What happens after two days? What happens on the third day? A reviving and a rising. A resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15.4 declares, Christ was buried and he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. What scriptures? This one. Hosea 6.2. Christ's resurrection is the ultimate fulfillment of Hosea's prophecy because it's going to bring about the full, the final, the ultimate reversal of all darkness, all disease, all death, including the death that we deserve. The resurrection of Christ reverses the curse because Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, came to this world and he lived a perfectly faithful life. He never sought joy in the glory of any God other than that of God the Father. He was faithful everywhere Israel was unfaithful. He was faithful everywhere we were unfaithful. He lives out the story of Israel in a greater and grander way. In fact, the entire Old Testament story of Israel points forward to Jesus' story, his greater, grander story, where he's faithful everywhere they failed. Even Israel's exile and return points forward to Jesus' story. He did not deserve to be exiled into death, but he was. And on the cross, we hear the cry of exile. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Exiled me. He says that as he goes into exile, death on behalf of his people, on behalf of us. He died the death we rightly deserve so that our judgment might be reversed. Shades. This is how... This is how the God who justly judges can also sovereignly save. By taking our place and pouring out his just judgment upon himself. So that the death we deserve is died. Finished. Gone. The death we deserve might be reversed into life. Instead of death, because our death has been taken, now we get life. It's been reversed. Our curse has been reversed. Our judgment reversed. Death, I know it's been reversed because Jesus did not just take our death on himself upon the cross. No, he took it down into the grave. And then after two days, a reviving. And on the third day, a rising. A resurrection miracle a a resurrection reversal the reversal of death itself christ stepped out of the tomb as a guarantee to me and to you that a resurrection reversal has begun and he has promised that its day of completion will come One day, his rising began it, but he's coming again one day to bring it to completion. One day he will return, bring salvation to completion, and every effect of sin and death will be reversed. All death will give way to resurrection. All disease will give way to revived healing. All drought will give way to restorative rain. All darkness will give way to the dawning of that day. That is what... That is what our salvation will look like. I know that because that's exactly how verse 3 describes it. Look at Hosea 6 in verse 3. Let us know. Let us press on to know the Lord. His going out is sure as the 
dawn. Darkness gone. He's going to come, and his going out, his coming, it's sure as the dawn. He will come in the future. He will come to us as the showers, drought gone, as the spring rains that water the earth. Here's what our full and final salvation looks like. The, complete, the completion of the reversal Christ's resurrection began. That's coming. Shades, sure as the dawn, that's coming. Judgment may, be, may have been sure as darkness, but salvation is sure as the dawn. That's what Hosea is promising right here. The Lord will come. It's future tense. The Lord will come to us like the spring rain that reverses the deadness of winter. Or as we like to say it, he will come like April showers that bring May flowers. The Lord is going to come. He's going to come and bring completion to the reversal his resurrection began. We may live in the dead of winter right now, but we have an empty tomb that says a reversal has started and spring is coming. Shades, it is true. Right now, we may still face darkness, disease, drought, death. We may still face the darkness, but his empty tomb is our guarantee that a reversal has begun. And its completion is as sure as the coming of the dawn. The darkness of our lives and the sorrows of this night will give way to the joy that comes in the morning with the dawning of the day of Christ's return. For on that day, I got a promise, on that day, Revelation 22 and verse 5 says, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever in His eternal light. This is what our salvation looks like. Right in the heart of this book, that is all about the how and the what of judgment. Right, right at the heart of judgment, darkness. Hosea shines a light that we might know the how and what of salvation is as sure as the dawn. And he says, this, knowing that our salvation is as sure as the coming dawn, this empowers us to press on right now. Look at verse 3, one last time. Let us press on. Let us press on to know this Lord, this God who has begun this resurrection, who will bring it to completion. Let us press on to know him. How? How are we going to be empowered to do that? Because we know that his going out is as sure as the dawn. Because we know that he will come to us like the springtime showers. Because we know that's coming. Because we have those promises we can press on. Even right now, Shades. Right now, while our lives look a whole lot like the messed up stuff surrounding Hosea chapter 6, even right now, we are empowered to press on by the promise of the coming dawn. Because through the doorway of the empty tomb, we can already see that dawn beginning to break. So let's press on, shades. No longer running after the glory of bales who promise rain to make our crops grow or whatever it is that we think will bring us joy. No, let's press on to know the Lord. He will come like the springtime rains. The very thing that Baal promised he could give to give you joy that he can't deliver on, God says, I am that thing. I am the springtime rains. And I'm coming. And I will fill you with eternity. He will be our joy forever. So let's press on, shades. 
reminding one another that we have an empty tomb, a resurrection that has begun a reversal. So we can press on. Even now, amidst drought, we can press on for restorative rains are coming. Even now, amidst disease, we can press on because reviving healing is coming. Even now, shades, we can press on amidst the darkness for the rising sun is coming. And yes, shades, even now in the face of death, we can press on because a resurrection is coming. Oh, shades, let us press on, empowered by the promise that our resurrected Savior is coming, sure as.